0: So this morning, uh, we're going to look a little bit at Mary, we're going to be looking at uh, Joseph, and we're going to be looking at perfect plans. And, you know, this time of year, it is all about plans, isn't it? There's, there's quite a, a number of women here this morning who have got in their eyes the Christmas plans. You can see that women kind of change a little bit around this time of year, and all they're thinking about is Christmas. I think it kind of happens on bonfire night. There's that switch. It happens that the last fireware goes and women just go Christmas and if you're if you're a child you'll see it happen in your mom your mom goes And you're walking back to the car, and they'll be like, right, okay, so we've got to get this present for that person. We've got to get this. Okay, um, your mum's coming, isn't she? Or your grandma's coming. She doesn't like sprouts, so we'll take the sprouts off her plate. Women just start to plan. I am very fortunate that my wife is one of these women, and uh, she has been planning since probably before Bonfire Night uh, for Christmas. And yesterday, uh, we had Christmas Wrapping Day, which involves Laura sitting on the floor wrapping all the presents And me sitting on the sofa watching Christmas films, I think that's a great deal. I think I've done really well out of that deal. Um, I'm not great at that, but um, my mum is somebody who is phenomenal at planning stuff. And growing up, my mum um, ran the children's work in the church that we went to. And uh, it used to happen on a Thursday night, it was called Gophers, uh, because Gophers go for God. It's a great link. Um, It's brilliant. My mum, she's a genius. Um, and uh, every year we would do a Christmas play a nativity Um, and when I was about 14 or 15 my mum decided that I was going to help out in the children's work I didn't really have a choice my mum just went Thursday nights you're coming and you're helping and my mum nice enough as she is, used to give me all the troublesome kids um, because I think she was getting me back for me being a troublesome kid. Um, but every year we'd do this Christmas production, and two uh, stories stand to mind of this Christmas nativity. One year um, we did the standard nativity with, you know, Mary and Joseph and shepherds and angels and the three kings. Now, it was a rough area of Liverpool where, where I was growing up and where our church was, and we'd selected three boys to be kings. And king number one comes up before Mary and Joseph, puts his present down, turns to the audience and goes, I bring you gold. And then, because it never really works out properly, king number three, for some reason, decided he was going to go next. King number three comes down, puts his present in front of Mary and Joseph and goes, I bring you me," which sounds great in a accent, meh. And then, and then king number two Comes and lays his present down in front of Mary and Joseph, stands, faces the audience, and goes, I bring you Frankenstein. No word of all. Imagine the shock on Mary and Joseph's face when they open that present. Like, that would be, that'd scare the living daylights out of you. Another time, eh, I'd gone away on my gap year and I came back at Christmas. And I thought, I'll go and support the children's Christmas play. So I went along, and I arrived to find my mum in a right kerfuffle. She was stressing out. I was like, Mum, what's going on? She said, oh, Andrew, because my mum calls me Andrew. She's the only one that does, unless I'm in trouble. And then Laura calls me Andrew. Um, But my mum said, Andrew, Andrew, Joseph hasn't turned up. Everyone's got a role. There's no understudy. We've not got a Joseph. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, What do you want me to do about it, Mum? And she was like, will you be Joseph? Now, bear in mind, I'm 18 years old. I'm six foot, and I've got no hair. And my mum asks me to be Joseph to a Mary who's four. It looked like, David, uh, like Goliath had walked into the Christmas story. It was like walking along like, hello, Mary and Joseph. Honestly, I spent the entire play with the tea towel over my eyes, sat on a, on a tiny little primary school chair, that I could just about get one of my bunt cheeks on. I'm sat there with, with the tea towel covering my eyes, just praying that nobody and none of my mates came in, because if they did, I was going to kill my mum. Honestly, I got 20 quid out of it, off my mum. My mum gave me 20 quid, but that did not Cover it. Do you know what I mean? That was major embarrassment. But we all have plans. We all plan stuff. Sometimes it goes really to plan and it goes brilliantly. Other times it doesn't quite go to plan, and you end up looking like a giant in the Christmas story. Um, but when it comes to Christmas, we have all got plans. And Mary and Joseph were two people that had plans. Mary was about 14 or 15 at the time of the Christmas story. And we can read about that in Luke chapter 1. It's going to come up on the screens for us. And it's Luke 1 verse 26. In the six months, in six month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, that's the mother of John the Baptist, uh, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. So we read here that Mary has got her plans. Mary's plan is to be married to Joseph. Now in the last 12 months, three of my best friends have got married. I've learned something very key over the last 12 months. Never get in the way of a woman's plans when it comes to a wedding. It is just not something you do. And Mary here has got plans. She's planning this wedding to Joseph. She's excited. She's so excited to be married and, and probably dreaming of a future life together with her and Joseph. And she is planning this perfect wedding. And an angel turns up. The angel turns up and says, you're going to have God's baby. Now, who here? Give me a wave if you're 14. We've got a couple of 14-year-olds. Imagine if God said to you, you are going to have God's baby. There's a teenage boy here going, that is super weird. (laughs) Imagine God said to you, you are going to have God's baby. And this is what the angel says. He says, you are going to have God's baby. You're going to be part of God's perfect plan. Now, if I was Mary, I'd be super, super freaked out at it. But we read in verse 38, after a little conversation with the angel, in verse 38, Mary says this. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. I think that's incredible that Mary would lay down her perfect plans and say, God, I'm going to follow your perfect plan. She looks at her life and goes, I had this plan, but actually God had a bigger plan. And God's plan is perfect, and she was being a part of something bigger. And Joseph also had plans. Now, Joseph obviously had proposed and and was planning to be married to Mary, and he freaks out a little bit when he hears the news. And in Matthew 1, verse 19, if we can have that up, uh, because Joseph, a husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Now, Joseph uh, freaks out because he doesn't really believe Mary that God has said you're going to have God's baby. So Joseph freaks out a little bit. And in those days, the punishment for kind of uh, sleeping with somebody before you were married would be being stoned to death. And Joseph, because he's a man of God, because he's righteous, because he wants to be honoring to Mary and the law and himself and to God, he says, I'm going to plan to divorce her quietly. And I'm going to let her get away with it in quiet. Now, Joseph's not a bad man when he, when, he tries to, when he does this. He is trying to honor and do the right thing. And Joseph kind of puts one plan to the side, comes up with another plan. And then he has a dream and the angel explains everything that is going on. And Joseph then submits to God and lays down his plan's of of going and divorcing her quietly Joseph lays down his life his life and his plans to submit to God's perfect plan he was being a part of God's plan now I don't want you to hear me this morning and think I'm saying that God is out to ruin your plans because that is not the case but I want to say to you that God has got a plan for your life and God wants you to follow his perfect plan for your life he wants you to be a part of something bigger I see a video this week uh, that's it been knocking around on Facebook, so you may have seen it, but I think it's brilliant anyway. So turn your eyes to the screens and enjoy this video. Isn't that amazing? My first thought when I saw that is, oh, I wish I was on that flight. My second thought after seeing that was, I feel so sorry for the guy that asked for socks and underwear. When you saw the people come out with the big TV, you'd be like, what an idiot. My third thought is how incredible would it be to be a part of that team, going around, trying to get those Christmas presents for everyone, running around, doing all that stress and planning it all. How brilliant would it be to see it all happen, to be stood around that carousel eight and to see it all happen? It would be incredible to be a part of something big like that. And, you know, God calls you to be a part of something big. God says to you this morning, I have got a plan for your life. He said to Mary and Joseph, I have got a plan for your life. It is a perfect plan, and it is a plan to be a part of something big. God has got a perfect plan for this world, and he calls you to be a part of it. It says this in Jeremiah 29 verse 11. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. You know, if you're not a Christian this morning, you might be reading that and thinking, wow, you might be reading it and doubting it. I want to promise you that God has got a plan for your life. You might look at your life now, you might look at some of the stuff that has gone on, and you might doubt that God has got a plan for your life. But I want to promise you that God has got a plan. And maybe part of that plan is signing up to be a part of the Alpha course. And you can do that in the welcome area at the end of the service, and it runs on Monday nights from the 13th of January. You can do that. I wonder if all of us this Christmas can learn from Mary and Joseph about being willing to put down our plans and say, God, what are you doing? What are you doing that is bigger than what I'm planning? Because I want to be a part of your perfect plan. You know, for me, uh, growing up, I wanted to be an astronaut, and uh, that dream kind of died for me about the age of 10, uh, when I watched the film Apollo 13, and not, not, not for that, like, seriously, I watched that and I was like, that is cool. I'd love to be in space. The, the disaster part of it doesn't, doesn't freak me out. What freaked me out and what, what made me realise that my dream is over is when Tom Hanks uttered those immortal words, Houston, we have a problem. And I realised that nobody with a Scouse accent is ever going to be an astronaut. <laughs> it's not going to... Uh, Houston, right, listen, mate, uh, we've got a bit of a problem um, someone has robbed the radio off the shuttle. In fact, I don't know why I'm speaking, because someone's robbed the radio. so I would been, It just wouldn't work with the Scousers in prison, but I'm so thankful that God had a perfect plan for my life. Did I say Scousers in prison? <laughs> that does work. <laughs> That's more common than Scousers in space. You're going to have to believe me on that one. And that that nicely links me to my next story, actually. Because as a scouser, for a number of years, I did work in prison. Um, I wasn't in prison. I was working as part of a team. And uh, we worked in a prison in Manchester. And uh, we worked in the women's prison. And I was fortunate enough to meet a lady called Alex. And Alex had kind of had quite a rough upbringing. And had been involved in kind of drugs and prostitution and all sorts of crime, which had landed out in prison. And the team that I was working with uh, met her when she came into prison, and uh, she signed up uh, to do the alpha course that we were running in prison there, and uh, she signed up, and as a result of doing the alpha course, she became a Christian. She decided that she was going to follow Jesus, and uh, I met Alex a couple of months after she made that decision to follow Jesus, and she was... A phenomenal woman. She was, she was great to hang out with. She would constantly be asking questions about God and the Bible, and she was a real joy to be around. And about six months uh, before she was due to be released from prison, uh, she was in kind of a, uh, a kind of Bible study group, and one of the officers came in and called Alex out of the room. And she went, didn't come back before the end of the session, um, but then the chaplain got a phone call, and uh, the it was the, the probation officer on the other end of the phone, and the probation officer said, "Look, we pulled Alex out today to offer her, her early release. Uh, we think that she's uh, she's amended her ways. She's ready for society. We're going to give her six months. Uh, we're going to let her out of prison six months early." And the chaplain was like, "Oh, that's great. That's brilliant." Um, and the probation officer said, "Look, just to let you know, um, she refused it." And the chaplain was like, "Oh, okay." So a couple of days later, um, Alex came into the chapel and uh, the chaplain met with her and the chaplain said, look, Alex, I know that you were offered your early release. Why wouldn't you want to leave prison six months early? And Alex turned to the chaplain and said this. She said, if I leave prison, my mates and my friends on the wing will have less chance of knowing Jesus if I'm not here than if I'm here, so I'm going to stay. That blew me away when I heard that. I just thought, what an example of someone that is willing to lay down their plans to say, God, I want to be a part of your perfect plan and I want to be a part of something bigger. And I'm so grateful to God that I met Alex and I'm able to share that story with you because that inspires me so much. And this Christmas, I want to encourage you, lay down your plans before God and say, God, is this what you're planning for my life? Is this what you're planning for my day? I'm not just talking about the big stuff like, like with Alex, but I'm also talking about little stuff. You know, what are your plans this Christmas? Have you planned space for God to move? Because I want to be open to God, for God to speak to me this Christmas. Um, so what we're going to do is we are going to do a little bit of a creative response. In your bulletins, as you came in, you should have been given a blank piece of paper. Um, if you can find that for me now. And you should have some pens. There should be some pens about. Is that right? Have we got pens? And what I'd like you to do is on that piece of paper, I want you to write some plans that you have got. So whether that is life plans, so you might be looking at your life as a child and thinking, I want to grow up and be an astronaut or a doctor or a cool youth worker like me, Um, or it might be uh, that you are uh, looking at applying for universities. If you're looking at your exams, that might be plans to get good grades. Um, You might want to write that down. It might be plans for a job interview, small plans that you've got this Christmas. Whatever plans that God is putting on your heart, I want you to write those down for me. And in a moment, what we're going to do is, um, we are going to offer those plans to God. Now, What I want you to do in a moment when when we're ready is I want you to scrumple that piece of paper up. Now, I need to be clear. Scrumpling that piece of paper up doesn't mean that we're throwing away our plans. I'm not saying that God has no interest in your plans. What we're doing is the reason we're screwing it up is because we're going to throw them. So it just makes it easier to throw. Um, But what what the response is, is saying, God, these are my plans and I'm giving them to you. And God, I want to follow your perfect plan, however that looks, and that might be that those plans come true and you'll see that stuff happen. If you want to be a doctor, kids, you can grow up and be a doctor. But it's important that we give that to God and say, God, what is your plan? Is that cool? If you've, if you've done it, can you scrumple your piece of paper up and hold it up high for me? Great, we've got a few people still doing it. Okay, while we're finishing that off, uh, I'm going to pray. If you've if you've done it, please do hold your piece of paper in the air so I can see that you're done. Father God, I thank you that you have got a plan for our life. God, I thank you for what you did through Mary and Joseph. I thank you for their attitude and they will, their willingness to lay down their perfect plans in order to be a part of your perfect plan. And God, I pray that you would help us to do the same. God, I want to be open to you uh, speaking to me this Christmas. God, I want to be open to you. Uh, invading my plans this Christmas. God, I pray for the plans uh, that we've written down here. God, I pray that as we give them to you, God, that you would help us to submit those to you. Lord, I pray for the plans that we've got that are a part of your plan. God, I pray that you would help us to hold on to those. God, I pray for the plans that perhaps might not be a part of your plan. God, I pray that you would give us the grace and the wisdom and the boldness to let them go. Amen.